Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR393. It's AW Full Gear 2021, and I am not alone because I have the pleasure to be joined by Jaxie. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you for having me yet again. It's been a while, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> like I say, we've got to have you more often. This is what we're being told about. <laughs> And of course, unless anybody been living underneath the rock, of course, we had dubbing our live on Saturday, which was a huge success. I can't believe with three and a half hours that we did for the live show. And it was a pleasure, of course, to have your sister on Gina and hope to do it again soon. What were your experiences? Was it weird to have, like I said, your twin with you or was it okay to you? Surprisingly not. I mean, again, um, because of the fact of both of our passions for wrestling, um, you know, even though we don't actually live together, usually when it comes to pay-per-views, um, we will actually kind of uh, be either on a call or, um, you know, like a set up a PlayStation chat in the background so that we can actually be reacting with one another. So it, it just kind of felt normal having her on there, really. It was, it was really enjoyable, though. I really enjoyed it. Well, we got a lot of great response, and uh, like I said, hopefully we can sort that out. But now it is game time. We've had three and a half hours of build, and now, like I said, it's time to get right into it. November 13th, it is the buy-in. And the first 30 minutes of the buy-in was basically a replay of the countdown to full gear that aired after Rampage. I I was quite happy about it, obviously, because then I didn't have to watch like 90 minutes of build-up. But... I didn't feel yeah. I had the biggest feel was all out. I felt all out with the promo packaging and the way they come about it. It felt bigger than full gear. I, I think you're right there. Um, and I don't think that that takes anything away from either show. But I just think that, that, that there felt like there was a lot more to be kind of um, watching with it when it came to uh, all out. Um, just, just the promo part of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I said there's just many, many stories and a lot of interesting things. And it felt maybe like the highlights last time was like CM Punk's debut, of course, um, that, that we had. But again, this was a big deal. And I was even excited getting ready for the buy-in. We see Tony Schiavone conducted an in-ring interview with Dante Martin to talk about the offering Taz. And Mark was quickly interrupted by the acclaimed. Max Caser and Anthony Bowens tried to recruit him, but the offer was declined. And Martin took them both out with a springboard dive off the top rope. Uh, <laughs> before I get your thoughts, Mark looked like he was going to cry again. I think you're going to say that every time you see him. But he, he genuinely did. I think that was his confused face. I think they all mesh into one. You know, he was confused on what to do. <laughs> So maybe he was almost about to cry because of it. We never know. Um, but again, this, this, you can't keep this boy on the ground, can you? He just loves to be on the ropes or in the air, which is great to see. And it was also great to see that he turned this down because n- not only am I really enjoying his uh, collaboration with Leo Rush lately, but I'm greatly anticipating for his brother Darius to return. Um, I'm, I'm really ready to see Top Flight back in action back in tag team action and just showcase what they could do. Because if Dante can do what he has done and start already making a name for himself, just imagine what he could do with his brother once he returns. Well, it's an extra layer, isn't it? And you talk about uh, Mm -hmm. the height, the actual height of the dive Martin got to hit on the acclaimed as well. What actually made me go, there was a couple of times in this show 
that I was just went like, holy shit, which I think is probably one of the best reactions, especially if you've been watching wrestling for a certain amount of time, for it to make you do that. Uh, and also, just quickly about the acclaimed as well, I get more and more impressed by Max Gallagher Owens, because not only have they got the acclaimed have arrived, which is the kind of catchphrase that we've got, obviously the rap, even a little hand thing that I'm doing right now. They've got all the tools to be known as a really yeah. great tag team, you know? Definitely. I think they've, they've got um, some great personality. And I know that there was like a little bit of heat coming from Matt Castor with his promos. You know, it's all trial and error. And as long as he, you know, apologized for kind of like the wording and, and what he was speaking about, you know, it, it's all about in-ring talent. And especially with when it comes to Anthony Bowens, he's been delivering on a singles run even um, and just looking and coming across incredibly well. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of see what even they can do as a tag team. I think without that, it's exciting times. And I'm trying not to pay attention to green shirt guy in the crowd. I can already see you the Brock Lesnar fan as well. And look, I don't know why it pissed me off so much, because I am obviously <laughs> do a podcast about WWE and AEW, but I just yeah. thought... This guy is not been front row for every AEW show, and now it's a big one. He's done it. Give a hardcore AEW fan the chance to be front row, you know? Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, it was just a little bit. It, it took away from from things, to be honest. When when you're seeing that in the crowd, and you're at a, the wrong promotion, mate. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't well, know. I, I mean, if I was there, I would have tapped on his shoulder and said, do you know where you are? You know, this isn't WWE, right? <laughs> like, do you want to get the fuck out of here? Or if you didn't have a T-shirt, mate, they've got some T-shirts around the corner. Adam Cole Bebe is on sale right now. So head over there. You've got enough money to get to the front seat. You've got enough money to go and buy yourself an AEW T-shirt. Thank you. I'm not alone. I just <laughs> thought that was me for a second, but it's Definitely. <laughs> um, Thoughts about the stage as well. It looked people, you know, it might be a little bit basic, but I think it was effective what it had. And of course, like I said, the ramp as well. AW kind of, it's like I said, simple but effective, their kind of staging, isn't it? I agree, definitely. I mean, you, you know, this isn't something that AEW stick to. If you want to compare it to the likes of Double or Nothing, then, you know, they went all out when it came to the different type of uh, decorations that they had. They had loads of sort of... Um, uh, props that could then be used in in certain matches. So each show is different, and I really liked the slim, simplicity of of uh, this of full gear. Sorry, um, especially due to the fact that of you know a lot of uh, heavy hitting stories were going to be hopefully um, kind of reaching its climax during that night. So you didn't really want too much to be taken away from the actual product that we were seeing in the ring. Yeah, like I said, I think that's an excellent point as well. Uh, we move on to the buying match, which is Karu Shida and Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. Hayter got the tag and helped the team gain control. They kept the upper hand for several minutes as they put Shida through the ringer. Uh, we saw Serena Deeb shown sitting at ringside when Shida was being dominated. That story's not over yet. Rosa and Rose both tagged at the same time and started brawling. Rose was able to control the pace until Hayter broke up the pin. Rose and Sheeta climbed to the top and took out their opponent's crossbody blocks. Deeb and Sheeta came face-to-face, but Vicky Guerrero took out Sheeta with a kendo stick while the ref was distracted. And after a few close calls, Sheeta and Rosa scored the win and celebrated on a ramp as their opponents and Deeb looked on with disappointment in their faces. What were your thoughts on this? I mean, uh, it, I think if, if 
what this did was really just kind of uh, make me want to see more coming from uh, this feud, this ongoing uh, feud with Sheeda and Serena Deeb. Um, I personally, I would have had this on the on the main match card, and I would have had something else on the pre-show. But I mean, that is all down to opinion, I suppose. I think about that. I think Rosa got a proper reaction from the crowd. Like she is. A star. Don't get me wrong, mm. Sheeda had a moment, but and Rosa nearly took the camera out <laughs> during the match. <laughs> the ultimate like dream tag team for for me, in my opinion. I mean, Sheeda obviously hands down is my number one girl. I absolutely love watching her. She's amazing. She's got personality. She can really win over the crowd. But Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa brings that that fire. You know, that brings that that um, rebelness that uh, just kind of compliments. She does way of wrestling. So, yeah, seeing them team together was um, really, really enjoyable. And I'll tell you something we mentioned as well on AEW Prelude about Rosa. Again, matching colours, the red and the yellow there, which I really like. Like I said, really fun match. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to score that out of five? I'm going to give that a 3.5. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Three and three quarters out of five, like I said. And, and what I liked about it as well, we've got given a little bit more time that maybe people are used to on a kind of kickoff show, which I think yeah. helped the match as well. It really helped to kind of showcase each woman individually as well. I think and this is what we mean when it comes to like timing wise, sometimes you need that time, especially even in a tag team match to be able to actually give an equal amount of time for all four women to be able to show, show the audience what you can do. I think without uh, prediction wise, we all gave our predictions on a live show. So anybody's actually hasn't listened to and and listened to this one instead, then we'll, we'll I'm just going to be quiet for a second so you can go back and listen to the live show and then come back. There you go. Now you've done that. That's fine. So we gave prediction like we said. We had Gina, Jaxi, Monty, and of course myself, and we all went. For the faces uh, to begin with, of course, Sheeda and Rosa. So we all get a point to start off. And poll-wise, the faces got 75% of the vote there. So pretty across the board there. We see Tony Schiavone interviewing Orange Cassidy and Best Friends. A match with Butch and a Blade set for Dynamite. Yay! <laughs> do, do AEW know what they're doing with Orange Cassidy at this moment? Uh, I, th- I feel like he... He's in quite a stagnant position, you know. I think he's um, in trouble. It, it's really hard because I, I, well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that I think he's in trouble, but what I would say is that I think there's not really any anywhere for him to go at this moment in time. So he's kind of like stuck. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. The thing is, is like with his feud with Jericho, it's like, oh, is he a main event player? And at the moment, he's. That's entertaining, but it's turning more into kind of upper mid-carder. And I think in AEW, we've not seen yeah. a lot of that. Like I said, there's a lot of yeah. talent, but we haven't really got, oh, there's a mid-carder, there's a main event, apart from maybe Sean Spears. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely could be seen like that, uh, really. That that being said, though, um, I thoroughly enjoy Orange Cap. Uh I just don't know in terms of progression right now w- which route him to be taking like whether or not he should look at the tnt title whether or not he should um potentially consider teaming up with either wheeler utah or um chuck taylor whilst trent is out and possibly going after tag team titles um i mean i wouldn't necessarily see him in sort of like a main event 
AEW World Championship type of picture at this moment in time. Um, yes, yeah, it's a difficult one with OC. Yeah, it's about direction. I think every wrestler needs a bit of direction uh, just to see where yeah. they're going. We get Justin Robertson introducing Jim Ross. Um, and this may be the final pay-per-view that he calls. Probably not. What I really did like, I don't know if you noticed, was Tony Schiavone peeking behind him. Like, I don't, I don't know what Tony was doing, but yeah. <laughs> if you go back and see, as JR comes out, yeah. Tony pops his head round like the AW board and then sticks it back again. Like a proud dad like watching. Just <laughs> yeah. see him. Okay, I'm definitely going to go back and watch that. <laughs> Well, if we move on to the main card, of course, we get fireworks, which I love. And the first match is Darby Allin versus MJF. Uh, there's a lot to talk about in this match. Were you surprised this was first up on the pay-per-view? Yes. I wasn't expecting it to be first. Um, but again, we, we bring this up every week, but AEW really know how to start off their shows. And I mean, what a way to start off this one. Oh, without a doubt. Like I said, during his entrance, MJF forced Justin Roberts to say that MJF can beat Darby with a headlock takeover. Uh, Darby's video was him crashing car with MJF lookalike. Probably not the best preparation for a match, I would say. Uh, but we did get blue and I white. Mean, Sorry, go on. Showing, um, you were kind of show, he was kind of just showing he just committed a crime on the screen. If any policeman was watching that, they could have easily just interrupted the match and be like, excuse me. You're under arrest. <laughs> that should have been the finish. Right. <laughs> you should have had MJF actually have like Sean Spears or Wardo call the police during the match and then actually have it be MJF's like reason behind the police seeing that and then them coming to get him. That would have been so like Stone Cold Steve Austin Vince error that would have been hilarious yeah without halfway through the show i'm gonna be the special guest referee you know like that's literally uh the kind of filter and i like darby don't get me wrong this is cool and uh i think this was the first mm. time he had different face paint as well we had blue and white face paint so yeah. i know he's probably had like sting-esque before but we see the match get start with some chain wrestling proving that darby can actually wrestle this was a great exchange. We see Darby hit a unique stunner on the top turnbuckle, but MGF turned the tide with a wicked backbreaker. And honestly, and I think this is going to be the show, much like most AEW ones there, I will talk about it, but you, when I say a wicked backbreaker, you have to watch it to actually realise kind of what is going on as well. Uh, Alan refused to stay down <laughs> after every punch and told MGF to give him more. He grabbed Alan in a scorpion deathlock, uh, but Alan managed to get out and he started to work on his knee for applying a figure four. MGF delivered a tombstone pile drive on the apron and both men fell again. Probably not the best idea for him with a that visibly looked, injured knee. It looked devastating when he delivered that. And on, on the side of the ring as well, like the hardest part of the ring, um, that was just a crazy spot. Right, uh, I mean, they grabbed each other and rolled around in the inside cradle for a few seconds as well, which is, again, we referee just counting two all the time. We get... Uh, that was entertaining. <laughs> it's just all of this, you know, I was really, really surprised a bit, to be fair. Uh, Alan hit a code red for another near fall. After him, MJF rolled out the floor. Alan hit a coffin drop. MJF blocked a second attempt but hurt his own knee at the same time. Sting then prevented Wardlow and Sean Spears from getting involved. Uh, MJF gave Allen his skateboard and dared him to take the shot and get disqualified. While the ref got rid of it, MJF hit Allen with his diamond ring. 
and hit the side head for the win. Uh, what were your thoughts? Um, this was a, a, an amazing match and got and has to be one of the best coming from MJF that I've seen. Um, it was really impressive. Both men went hard, really. Um, I kind of I wanted Derby to win. I kind of felt like MJF really needed to like continue this sort of arrogant streak of his. So I wouldn't say I was surprised that he picked up the win, um, because of it, especially with the dirty tactics he used, it's so understandable. Uh, but it was just so enjoyable uh, throughout the whole match that I didn't find myself like directly being like, "Oh, he won," you know. Um, it was just such a great match. It was such a big match feel when you wonder how many times these guys will face off and pay per view in the following years as well. A lot of time given. Um, some of this was great, but I was a little bit disappointed by the finish. And I know MGF said, maybe he's just doing his job with me. But if a tombstone on the apron or a coffin drop can't keep, but a ring can knock you clean out. You know, and I just don't... <sighs> but I mean, to, to be fair... Um, he has been using that ring to KO people in picking up the win um, in the past. It's not it's not something that he does all the time, um, but he has done it in the past. So cons- the consistency is there. Yeah, and and I understand, but I just I just feel even even with that, William Regal with a brass knuckles was a better move than one ring on a finger. But like I said, he has been doing it. But I just felt with that finish, I was, you know, getting into it so, so much. And then it happened. I was like, oh, fuck. You know, I was just a little bit. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. It was an awesome match. But I was just, for the finish, you know. Um, what are you going to score out of five? I'm going to give it a 3.5. I thought it was a good opener. It was um, really fun to watch. And, yeah, I was quite impressed with both of them. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. Really great stuff uh, to start the show. Poll-wise, MGF got 54%. Of the vote and prediction wise, uh, in this one we see we all no actually I went Darby Allen. Everybody else gets a point apart from me. Well done, Monty, Gina, and Jaxie. That is uh, <laughs> no wonder I was annoyed about him. I suppose um, we see Team Taz in the Skybox, <laughs> and then we move on for the AW World Tag Team Championship: Lucha Brothers versus FTR. What was the entrance about? Was it scared soldier or was it like? I'm trying to work this out, and I know that a lot of people were saying that um, you know Lucha Brothers are very creative when it comes to their entrances, and this was like a homage to something. But I just didn't get it. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Uh, as the bell rang, four men started brawling. It came down to Harwood and Penta in the ring for a standoff. He tried his shots till Harwood started trying different pins. He was in Phoenix and Wheeler tagged in and had their own exchange. FTR was stacked in the corner so Lucha, Lucha Bros could assist uh, a cannonball. The chance put FTR on a double submission until the ref broke it up. Wheeler tied Penta's mask to the bottom rope so Harwood could stomp on him. Um, again, over pretty quick, quickly with the ref coming there. But once Phoenix came in, he went on a rampage for high-flying moves. Wheeler used one of the title belts as a weapon, but Phoenix still managed to kick out. Of course, that's how they lost the AAA tag titles. Harwood hit the three ami- went to hit the three amigos, sorry, but Pender countered the third and hit a trio suplexes himself. Uh, Phoenix 
frog splash for a close two count. And after several two counts for both teams, Luch Burrows pinned the wrong man because he's wearing a mask to trick the ref. What, uh, because right at the end of this great match, FTR go under the ring, put masks on, and they pin the wrong man. What are your thoughts? Because, you know, the Lucha Brothers couldn't work out, like, the difference between a major fact tattoo as well. <laughs> okay. I mean, first of all, if I was the ref, firstly, can I just say this match was amazing. Both FTR and Lucha Bros are two of the best rest, uh, tag teams in the world. And they prove it in the ring. However, what, ref, what are you thinking first and foremost? These men have been wrestling for a good 25 minutes, say, with no mask on, and then you're just gonna like allow them to all of a sudden put a mask on halfway through a match, and that's not dis- classed as a distraction. Like, I mean, I I just didn't actually think it was. I don't think it was the most clever of ways to end something, end a match like that. Um, I get that they probably wanted to have it so that you know the wrong person was pinned, but this isn't the way to go about doing it. And the only reason why I say that is that the ref at any time could have like stopped it and said no take those masks off before um but secondly again the, that must mean the ref penta and ray fennett are all just really dumb at noticing tattoos and and you know the sh- the shapes of both bodies it's not like you know nikki and brie bella like they're the same size when they first debuted they were wearing the exact same thing and they win do you know what i mean so uh, yeah with with this finish for me was a little bit disappointing. However, the match itself was amazing. This is the problem because you're going, oh, wow, wow. And then, what? Oh, again, with the finish. And I'm thinking, what, 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 what's the um, problem? I'm surprised this was so early as well because obviously AEW tag team titles. But I suppose in their eyes, there's more important tag matches uh, on the show. Uh, FTR, though, are back to their best. And I think this needs to be blown off now in a kind of style because this is basically what this that match was. And... Practically was, wasn't it? I mean, I don't remember them being inside the ring wrestling for too long. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't have a go at the AEW officiating, but um, but Phoenix surviving the belt shot and the double pie driver as well, showing his heart. Termination, of course, tribute to Eddie Guerrero in that match as well. Some choice near falls. But like I said another weird finish. And on a side note, Alex that stood clear of Tully. At one point, I thought he was going to He just left him alone, and I don't blame him. Yeah, probably best. <laughs> I mean, otherwise he might have ended up with another Popeye. <laughs> Exactly. He's scared. Uh, what would you score out of five? I'm going to give it um, a 3.75. I'm going to give it another four and a quarter. Again, really, really good stuff. Let down by the finish. Pole-wise, Lucha 86%. Uh, Prediction-wise, we all went Lucha Bros. So it's three, 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 two. Yes, I am the two. And then we're world title eliminator. Brian Danielson versus Miro. This was a match I was one too. Uh, the big man kept the upper hand for a long time by grounding Danielson while hitting punches and kicks to the body. Danielson shoved him in the ring post and hit a flying knee. American Dragon hit numerous knee strikes to the head and body before he stomped Miro's head in the mat. The Redemo scooped him up for a powerbomb and he locked Danielson in a deep camel clutch but his foe reached the rope to force a break. Danielson then put uh, Miro in a label lock but the powerhouse escaped and delivered a few elbows to the face. Danielson grabbed him in a triangle until Miro gouged his eyes. 
Danielson ended up hitting his huge DDT and locking Miro in a guillotine for the win. What were your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think if anyone um, did watch the live show, I think a lot of people would know that this was my most anticipated uh, match. Um, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a great match. I thought both men did so well and worked so well together. I cannot, I can't hide my disappointment at the outcome, though. And that's not me bad-mouthing uh, Brian Danielson. I absolutely love him. And I still think that um, him being the number one contender, he's, he's going to pull off a great match. Um, however, with the way that I had envisioned things going, you know, with, with any luck, I was hoping, you know, for the main event to have a change in, in champion, which would have set up such a great match to have with Miro. Um, I also think that Miro is just such a beast. He's such a tank. And so far, that's how they've been, like, really showcasing him and his work and the way he obliterates these men in the ring. I can't I can't not say that I was disappointed with the outcome. I really do feel like Miro should have won this. Well, just to touch... I was slightly disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I felt that with MJF Derby. Uh, the, the thing about Miro and it's it's weird because we see it in WWE with uh, Karrion Cross or Keith Lee and it's you can tell you can hear Vince going to him you know be a monster well how do you want me to be a monster and he goes well Miro look at look at Miro look at how he is if he was in WWE even like now the way he is that is a perfect monster you know and there's nothing that you can do against that um two defeats in a row now he has let his god down so that'll be interesting to see uh, maybe coming out of that. JR, JR was all over the refereeing in, in most of the matches, but even in this one, it's like, calm down, JR. Just worry about the match. <laughs> well, I mean, look, JR just wanted to make sure that they were doing their job correct, which they hadn't been doing a very good job at if they allowed, you know, this this the wrong person to be to be pinned in the, in the show before, you know? <laughs> to be fair, and then didn't yeah. he? You make an excellent point. So I think very good. <laughs> well, I I love this, and even in the match, men, both men, scratching and clawing their way to win, like literally, physically, we see that in that match and what it means. This was great. Uh, what are you going to score out of five? Yeah. I still thought, it, even though I was disappointed with the ending, I still thought it was a great match. So I'm going to give that one a four point two five. Yeah, that's an unbelievable stuff. Poll-wise, this was pretty split. Danielson with 52% of the uh, the vote there. Predictions, uh, we have got in this one, like I say, with with Mira Danielson. Um, Gina and Jaxi both went Miro. Uh, me and Monty both went Danielson. So it means Monty takes a clear lead at this moment in time. And I'm back on level peg, so it's three, 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 four. Well done, Monty. Uh, if that is your real name, anyway. On a start, it sounds like the original plan for highlights of the previous match and the package for the next one, but due to timing, they just kind of quick cuts. And I think that's one of my complaints, uh, especially in the women's title match later. It's kind of the match finished. You see her and then bang, straight into the next thing. So timing is, is a little bit of an issue. And again, in this next match. Uh, I, 
like to add on that though i mean these wrestlers need to stop milking their entrances like just get out there already um because there are a couple of times where i was like all right come on get in the ring <laughs> again that's true this is the thing and people want to, oh, why, why does it matter if you go over? It's like you've got a four-hour limit. And when you're staying up and watching, you turn into Tony Khan of going, oh, come on, like, you know, it's, it's three hours. Like, speed up a little bit. Let's get on to the main event. Can you please just take us UK people into consideration? Some of us have to stay up till 5 a.m. watching this, okay? I know. And, and credit to you, Jack. So you represent the great British wrestling fans out there. Who have to, and people, you know, wonder why we moan about, a 10 20 minute matches you know and it's like it's it's a lot it is but we i'd like it. to see you guys a live showing a live podcast you know a three a live three and a half hour podcast followed straight into this pay-per-view that didn't finish until 5 a.m i tripped that and with the half hour involved you were invested in AEW for eight hours in a row, basically. That's the right there. Okay, so if anyone did ever question my loyalty, I think I just answered it. <laughs> you just get a t-shirt that says eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, maybe if AEW come over to do a live in the UK at some point, I'll get a t-shirt with that on. <laughs> yeah, we can laugh at all the Americans having to stay up or I don't actually know which way it worked then no they'd probably be earlier for him anyway anyway we'll move on to the next match Jurassic Express Christian Cage versus the Super Click and we get straight into it Christian grabbed him the cold while Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus went after the Bucks Jungle Boy avoided getting thrown through a table at ringside minutes later had a trash can driven to his back and he made dive to the outside I love the coolness of Jungle Boy landing in the chair and just being cool and aloof you know that's what we I mean, like I, I I don't know if he was really actually aiming to do that, but the way that it happened, it all just worked. And he went with it, and it looked great. Right, we see Adam Cole busted open. I was thinking, fuck it, I didn't wait. I didn't hang about, did they? I didn't know if it was a hard way or not either. No, I couldn't tell either. Well, we see Christian setting up a concerto for telling to do it, only for the Young Bucks to break things up. Cole's the first man through a table with Jungle Boy hitting a runoff off the apron. Uh, Matt Jackson had hit an elbow, dropped to put Luchasaurus through a table on the other side. Out in the crowd, Cage brawled with Nick Jackson and Brandon Cutler for hitting a crossbody from an upper level for a near fall. Uh, do you know, <laughs> paying homage to uh, New Jack, he will be missed. Uh, a ladder was brought out into the ring and Luchasaurus was struck in a three-on-one situation. He threw Cole onto the ladder again. I talk about moments in this. When Cole went back first, head down on that ladder, I went, Jesus <laughs> yeah, I, I, my, my hand definitely went up to my face. I, I, I just couldn't stomach it. <laughs> it was just, On the ramp, Cole hit Panama Sunrise by jumping off the entrance set. And Luchasaurus somehow broke up the pin. After super kicks from the super click on everyone, Cole pulled out thumb-tuck covered knee pads for hitting a BT trigger with the pads on Luchasaurus. But Jungle Boy <laughs> broke up the pin. Luchasaurus choked Sam Cole for ramp and then hit a shooting star press on all three of his opponents. Yes, Luchasaurus did that. And then Jungle Boy, realising he had to show a little bit more aggression to get the job done, hit Nick Jackson with the concerto to score the win. What were your thoughts? Can I just um, repeat back to you what you said, that Luchasaurus did a shooting star press off of the, the ramp, the top of the ramp. I mean, 
there were some amazing and crazy spots in this match. That one was the one that just kind of had my mouth drop. Um, I just thought overall it was great. Um, I love seeing the Young Bucks and, and Adam Cole working together. It just worked so naturally well. Um, I know he's supposed to be a heel, but I love Adam Cole. And I just think he's been doing so well um, with what um, with the transition from NXT to AEW. Um, yeah, it was just, it, it was a lot of fun. You saw a lot more of an aggressive side of Christian as well. So you could really tell how fed up he was with certain instances. Uh, that came from the elite. It was just overall, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I was a bit surprised that the faces won, but then again, like I said, it's an added layer to uh, Jungle Boy, and people go, "Well, Adam Cole lost in his first pay per view, but it's a bigger picture. It wasn't pinned. The Bucks set the pin, and they can come. You know, like I said, they lost a match of the year candidate in the last pay per view, come out dressed dressed in purple. Uh, you know, and it's like, and they're still over, and they can still, you know, suffer defeat and move on. Uh, the only thing is, yeah. the match was too long in place. Um, I heard. I agree. Again, it was pacing issues. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I heard in the crowd, section three trying to get themselves over, which, again, the reason why British could be focused on the show, not hey. Uh, like I said, the finish was great, and Lucha saw us take a bows and like i said another side to jungle boy as well even rereading that match i thought do you know what i actually enjoyed it more (laughs) it was a really good match uh what are you going to score out of five and you think back to the spots that you've just been pointing out in here as well you're like yeah that was so good okay yeah no this is great um i'm gonna i'm gonna give that four i thought it was really good so i'll give that yeah i'm gonna give that four as well poll super click 80 percent uh, and I think with all of us as well, went super click. So that went the, the other way there. So scores are still the same. Monster there. Uh, and we move on to Cody Rosen Pack versus Malachi Black and Andrade Odello. Um, and I, I just want to mention Malachi Black's entrance. He's, he's been in AEW for a short time. It's such... I don't I can't explain it. I don't want to call it like Undertaker rest, but it's one of the best things in AEW, isn't it? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think that, um, you know, I was trying to do a quick Twitter break in between and I was rushing it back because I I wasn't sure which match was next after this because I hadn't heard the announcement of it. And I was rushing back because I purposely didn't want to miss Malachi Black. Now, his entrance just in, it captivates you. From the minute that the lights go dark, you can hear the silence that just washes over the whole crowd. And then you end up hearing that silence when, like, you know, in front of the couch on the TV as well. There's that level of anticipation waiting for him to actually arrive. And like you said, that's so undertaking, you know? I call it a kind of like lights you know there's lights out moments you might be watching wrestling and then you go oh shit malachi black's making it right turn all the lights out make it look <laughs> you know that kind of experience as a, a fan watching on tv um but anyway yeah. on, onto the match like we said makeshift teams here but it looks like it looks like andrade and black worked uh, much better than their opponents and they kept pack isolated for rose tagged in and got some offense and he got some uh, from the crowd as well but Andrade almost messed up a spot on the apron as he went round the top rope slowly but I think he recovered quite well from that I mean I didn't notice it first of all uh, like I think uh, someone had put like a short clip of it up on Twitter like sh- shortly after that 
Um, and that was only when I noticed it. So I didn't even notice it first time. Well, like I said, he covered it well enough. And then Arn Anderson beat up Jose to get him for the ring. I thought he was going to blow him away at one point. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love the, the, you know, the, the gif of, of um, Arn with the Glock now. It's like my new favourite one. Who would have thought when we were doing this, you know, like I said, 11 months ago, one of our highlights every show was talking about Arn Anderson blowing someone away. Like, it really is. <laughs> it really is one of our highlights now. <laughs> it's an like, going to be, who did Arn blow away this week? <laughs> we could do a two-parter. It's like, you know, who did Arn Anderson shoot? Or something like that, we find <laughs> out. It would be one of the WR podcast team. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna actually try and make predictions as to who he's gonna shoot next. Oh, I'm in, but we see um, Pat getting dropped across the barricade, and Black tagged in and took over. This was unavailable for a tag when Pat needed it uh, because the ringside doctor was checking on him. Andrade took advantage with DDT on the apron, but the American Nightmare was booed as he got back on the apron. He tagged in and took it to both opponents. He locked Andrade in the figure four, but Pat tagged himself in and hit a 450 for a near fall. I thought that was it at that point. And then after Cody and Black fought in the crowd, yeah. it's like I said, some of the near falls they do. You, you know, your heart is in your mouth. You go, that is it. And you go, oh, no. You, you even lift your own shoulder. Like, I don't know if anybody else does that. You go, oh, good. No, it is. <laughs> like, come on, come on, kick out. But it's so true. Especially when when it's a spot, like like the 450 slash, which Pat just executes so perfectly. It, that whole spot, if you haven't seen that match, you have to go back just to watch some of these spots that Pat uh, does. It's incredible. Without a doubt. And they talk about the move to finish it off. The black arrow for the pin on Andrade. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, again, firstly, I'm, I'm probably going to have a very unpopular opinion, especially for the American audiences. So I'll just apologise now if I offend anyone. But honestly, even if you guys do not like Cody, you guys are ruining the experience for me when you're, all you're doing is constantly booing because you don't like someone. Come on, guys. We've got heels that we're supposed to and we're meant to boo. But sometimes when we're actually meant to just genuinely enjoy a match, you take away from it because you guys are all still bitching out. Yeah, okay. You, you booed him for like, you know, the first 10 minutes of the match. Let it go after that. Okay, just like let us finish watching it because as a result, in the end, we have Pac pin Andrade, not Cody, you know. So just kind of keep it to yourselves a little bit because you ruin the match for the rest of us. That being said, I really enjoyed loads of different spots, um, especially, you know, highlight being Aaron Anderson and his little highlight moment. <laughs> um, but Pac and Andrade, I could watch these two day, day in, day out in that ring and they'll always produce something different um i really enjoyed this uh this whole tag team but i am so ready to kind of see uh you know like malachi black um not in this type of feud anymore uh and leading to other other feuds for him andrade and pack you can keep them feuding for a while but can we kind of like end this this typical type of feud that is ongoing between Cody and Malachi Black like Cody needs something new if he's not going to turn heel then he needs something new but so does Malachi Black and we should be showcasing him a lot more I was going to say about Cody that there's one solution if the fans 
really don't like Cody something to be done about it then the thing to silence no reaction so much worse if the WWE fans had realised with John Cena and just kept quiet then they wouldn't have had him around for that amount of time it's the same with Cody they think the call was booing just don't react uh, and they'll be like oh shit something needs to be done here yeah that, I mean that would actually work even better and then you know those of us that aren't able aren't lucky enough to be <laughs> watching it live so we can enjoy what it is uh, for itself which is a match rather than just hearing so many boos it was just really excessive and I've heard I've heard the boos before but this was just kind of on another level and for a pay-per-view event all you were doing was brewing in you well it felt very WWE and again I don't want to blame just green shirt guy and a Brock Lesnar fan but it's kind of you know even with what was going on and Black and Andrade losing their first match on pay-per-view um with the talent in the match as well, I think it should have been better. Would you have preferred like a fatal four-way rather than a tag team match? Yeah, yeah, I would have definitely preferred that. Um, I definitely think that that would have given all four men different sort of like uh, room to shine. Um, I also just think it was just like a, a very random pairing, pairing like both of them with each other. It would have just worked better if, they just put it as a fatal four-way. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, out of five, what are you going to score it? Well, um, just because I, I'm going to actually blame this more on the fact of the excessive booing, but I'm just going to I'm going to give it a three point seven five. Yeah, same. I'm going to give it, it would have been fine, yeah if the boos weren't there. <laughs> well, no, I'm going to give it three and three quarters as well. I completely agree with you. Uh, it feels it kind of like I said down a little bit. Uh, Pole wise, hills with seventy eight percent. Uh, predictions, Monty, you on fire, son. He was the only one that went Cody and Pack. Uh, so he takes a five three 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 lead. But I'm quite impressed he's on our what, show. That... <laughs> Not all three UK people didn't like vote for Pack. A great British export. <laughs> and Monty, the the American. Was the one who voted for Pack. <laughs> I mean, thousand pardons, Pack. We love you. We do. We really do. Uh, we move on though, and up next it is the AEW Women's Title on the line. It is a champion, Britt Baker versus Tay Conti, and we see the guitarist from Fozzy playing Britt Baker to the ring for AEW Women's Title match. Amongst tender Tay Conti, Rebel and Hate were at Baker's side for this bout as well. Baker started quickly with roll-up just to get Conti's attention, but she, uh, Conti managed to avoid the lockjaw, and Baker avoided the DD Tay. Um, I do love that move, because it just makes commentators sounds a bit silly as well. Uh, Conti hit a released German suplex for two. The champ blocked another suplex, hit a stomp. Rebel gave her the glove for the lockjaw, but Conti hit a cutter for a two-count. Baker spiked her a power drive on the apron, but when she went for a submission, Conti got to the rope. She grabbed DMD for the TKO to get another close two count. She avoided lockjaw, but seemed a little out of it as she climbed up the ropes. She took out Rebel and Hate with a moonsault from the top to the floor and dropped Baker with a swing and slam. And it looked like it might go away, but after a little bit of a struggle, Baker was able to score the win by rolling Conti into a pin. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Um... Here's my first question. Anna Jay, where the hell were you? 
Like, seriously, we all know what Britt Baker is like, right? And we all knew that Rebel and uh, Jamie were going to be out there. And yet, even when they were purposely getting themselves involved, shocked yet the rest couldn't see it, where was Anna? Where was she to come and save her friend? AEW like, babyfaces are idiots. you got to remember. No, it honestly baffled me, though. Like, she, she definitely was in the back, obviously. You know, so... Where the hell were you, girl? Like, you literally left your girl out there in the ring. So I don't know what happened there. That being said, I think that Ty did really well. I think she came across so strong. Um, It was really nice to actually see a little bit of her, like, I, you know, even if you watch the promo as well. Um, it was just really nice to see, like, um, at different elements of her martial arts coming in um, and, and, and helping her with countering certain moves. Um, but, this, again, this roll-up sort of pin that happened this was the only female match that you had on this match card and you actually had it in like that ah just pissed me off again this is a thing and they just shoot themselves in the foot like i said tay's biggest match and she like you said he well but she wasn't a threat and i don't know if the crowd was quiet in places as well but if the crowd are quiet then it's the case of is it a build up or is it the one of the way to look at women's wrestling I feel like it was it was mainly like their placement on the match card. Mm. I think you know after the certain few matches that we had just gone through uh, to then get to this match, I feel like there was like a dip in energy just with everyone. Um, and I don't think that that's any fault on the on the women. I maybe would have had them a little bit sooner um, uh, in the in the match card because um, I, I think this this could have potentially been because of how much energy was used and in, in the amount of like sort of tag matches that we were having one after the other after the other just before uh so yeah it, I, I think it was really unfortunate but i i do think that ty looked amazing um even though she didn't come across as a threat uh <coughs> cough cough anna's fault for not coming out at the same time i wouldn't say that she was made to look weak at least until the ending with that pathetic roll-up pin. But throughout the match, she came across a lot more dominant, being able to take all of the crap that Britt was throwing at her, you know, and constantly countering it. So she did come across looking quite dominant until the end, you know? I think without a doubt, that's, a, that's, that's an excellent point there. And with the kind of placement and what they do in the women's division, you know, we can give them time, but they kind of need to build up a little bit more as well but I think with a finish like that yeah she's a heel but I think you can we've seen not dominant heels but you know even a decisive victory there wouldn't write Tay off because this is like I said the biggest match of her career and she will have more title matches as she progresses oh, as well there's no doubt you know she's probably going to have I mean, gold as well you know yeah we've also got to remember that we've got another women's title coming um, thankfully um, which I'm hoping w- uh, will give women um, give the women a lot more screen time because it's really needed. It's really hard to um, really fully accept being a, a, a female wrestling fan myself, and then only seeing one female match on on the match card. Um, and so for them to be placed here and not get the kind of reaction that probably a, a lot of people were hoping for. Um, it's no fault on their end, uh, and it's no fault on the audiences and, you know, for, for the amount of um, excitement that, that has been going on throughout the match. 
it's just it's all about timing and placement again like we've gone back to before it's just that this one issue that they need to kind of tweak yeah i completely agree and, and the other thing as well with the time of the match and yeah you probably didn't need 20 minutes but the other you know eight matches got 20 minutes why not the women's title really? you know well i mean it really it rightly so deserves to have that long um so it's just a bit of a disappointment when you see the the one female match not get sort of given the same type of treatment. And like you said, as soon as well, as I was saying earlier, sorry, when Baker, we you know she picks the title up, goes to go on the turnbuckle, and it cuts straight into Punk versus Eddie. Now I'm ready for Punk versus Eddie, but uh, I want to see a bit of uh, you know holding the title up and whatever. It is. Definitely. I mean, they even could have done a spot with them just continuously beating up Ty and then Anna make her way out. Or they could have had it so that Anna doesn't make her way out and Ty realises, okay, this bitch ain't my friend. (laughs) Well, well, I think I know what annoyed you in that match, but (laughs) Uh, what would you score it out of five anyway? I mean, I still think that Ty put up a a really good match, so I'm going to give it a four. But that is really just because of the, the, the effort that she put in. It. I think I'm, I'm going to give it three and three quarters. Like I said, it was good, but then positioning on the card, uh, poll wise, Baker yeah. got seventy eight percent of that. We all went for uh, Baker as well for predictions, so that means we are uh, it's six four 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 four, as they say properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we move on to our next match, and again, this is going to be a banger because Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. Uh, before the ref could call for the bell, Eddie Kingston and LCM Punk were massive backfist. And once the match got started, after Punk said he was number one, Kingston kept it on and brought him out of the ring. I mean, what a start that was. Eddie just didn't give a fuck, did he? He was just like, fuck this shit. And it came out of nowhere. But it's so like Eddie to do something like that. And I was just already ready for this match to begin. I was like, okay, just bring it. Come Honestly, it was fucking brilliant. And then Punk went after Kingston's hand by slamming it into the steps. The Mad King shoved him in the ring post and Punk started bleeding from his head almost immediately. He took down Kingston with a clothesline from the apron after yelling at the members of the crowd who were booing him. He had the upper hand for him and tripped him on a top turnbuckle and loaded him with clubbing blows. Uh, Kingston hit a suplex and after both made it, they started swinging. Punk grabbed him for the GTS but couldn't capitalise on it because he was so worn out. But after one more GTS, he scores the win. Afterwards, Punk offered his hand to Kingston, who just walked away and pushed the cameraman as he departed. Um, like I said, maybe not as many, you know, audio highlights as uh, the other matches, but this is a must-watch. Mm, agreed. Um, both these men, they, like, it it wasn't about anything else but pride at this point. But both these two men just went at it and neither of them wanted to back down. Um, I loved every every minute of it. I just felt like it was just raw and they worked really well together. And it was just ultimately so fun. It was it was quite a fun match. It was. And, and even CM Punk's attire, because we've been on CM Punk attire watch, of course. What? White shorts are the new choice. We've added blood, which was quite nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I really would love to have a pair of those CM Punk shorts. They look pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, if they go on sale, I'll probably get myself a pair. <laughs> well, anybody wants to buy Jack's anything for Christmas, uh, of course, that's all it was. As, as JR would say, it was a slobber knocker. And Eddie in defeat 
look great because he has got the love of the fans to keep him going. I don't know what it is about Eddie no. Kingston uh, that has that support. I've even uh, watching him and I think I shouldn't like him, but I'm I do. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. he's he's one of those people. I, I again I I use this word for him a lot, but it's the best way to describe when you're watching from like an outsider's point of view. But he's so unhinged. He's so unpredictable. You honestly don't know what he's going to do next. Like He reminds me a lot of Naruto. Now, if anyone has watched Naruto, the best word to describe him is unpredictable. And that is a lot of the reason why he defeated a lot of his foes, because he was unreadable and just sporadic. Um, and Eddie Kingston is just exactly the same. I don't think that um, this loss is going to do anything uh, to sort of like tarnish where he is um, within AEW or his status. He's just, but if anything, he's a lot more off the rails and, and wrestlers should probably watch out because it seems to me like he might just walk backstage and, and take out the next wrestler he sees, you know, just headbutt him or something and then he's gone. Well, like saying that, the entrances, Eddie just walking out and just straight into the ring. And Punk, yes, it would have annoyed me as a fan in the arena not be able to clobber in time with him and maybe take a picture. But the way he just walked straight in and then it started, like we said, it really, really was a kind of hard hit. And Punk, a little bit of everything since he's come back now. We've seen him kind of hardcore, brawl, technical, you know, little submissions and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see where he goes and if the Eddie thing is uh, finished yet. He's definitely had a lot more uh, different sort of challenges about him. Um, I I do think I don't think that this is over between Punk and Ed, Eddie Kingston. Um, I do hope that we get to see you know something else, uh, some, some more stuff come from them eventually at some point. Um, I just see Eddie as one of those people that is just going to go around and uh, anyone could say anything to him and he's going to take that personally. So I'm just ready to see what what he is going to take personally next. I think without a doubt. Uh, out of five, what would you score that? I'm going to give it a four and a half. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, damn right. Four and a half for me as well. Really, really good stuff. Polwise Punk with 58%. Predictions, Gina was the only one that didn't go for Punk in that one. So she's on four now. You overtake her with five. I'm on five as well. And of course... Monty is in the lead and I don't know if he can be caught only two matches left yeah all right Monty don't rub it in okay I'll have a go at him when I speak to him on Saturday don't worry about that I'll I'll force him to watch I'm forcing him to watch NXT anyways oh well done yeah I'm the real winner Uh, we see Minnesota wrestling legend 81 year old Baron Von Raschke was seated ringside. They don't usually show legends at ringside. Anyway, on to the next match, the Inner Circle versus the Many Year and the American Top Team. Um, when this position, I thought this might be very early on the card, but this was just a buffer in between Punk and Eddie and the main event, which is quite fair, oh, really. Yeah, it, it, it is fair to say. Um, again, though, I feel like this probably... Yeah, it, it's really hard because if it would have either been this or I feel like it would have been Brit versus Ty here. And I think that that would have been a really unfortunate position to be for them to be in, even worse than where they were before, you know. So, like, it's really hard sometimes being, like, the slot before the main event. Well, as I was saying, that's the kind of slot the women's match has got on uh, Dynamite at this moment in time. So, I'm interested to see what they do. But anyway, on to the... 
American top team versus the inner circle. We see Sammy Carrera and Scorpio Sky starting for the teams. And for some reason, everyone went to the apron, despite being a street fight. Did you think, hang on a minute, what the fuck are they doing? Well, I thought that they were going to just kind of maybe do things differently, actually take it seriously <laughs> like an actual street fight. I was hoping to see a bit of the outside. I thought they might, you know, like back in the Attitude Era days when they would go and fight out on the actual street. I thought we might get a glimpse of like maybe them just outside the arena. No. Um, and they didn't even leave that the entrance. <laughs> well, this just went on. Tag- Arlovsky tagged in and put Hager down. Dos Santos also got some moves in. Hitting Chris Jericho a power slam, a delayed suplex, and a standing moonsault. Uh, do you know what? That wasn't too bad, uh, considering where he's come from. Well, I mean, I, di- I, I didn't accept that. I didn't think that he could. Well, he nearly didn't, but he did. But Lambert asked to be tagged in, thinking Jericho was ready to be pinned. This eventually led to a brawl between all 10 men that spilled to the outside uh, with trash cans full of weapons, all of which were items invented or popularised in Minnesota. My favourite line, maybe, of the whole night, and maybe this year, was Tony... Tony Schroeder going, he's got the toaster. I don't know why he said it that way. <laughs> I feel like that, that that made me laugh really hard. But there, I feel like there was another, there was another iconic Tony line that is soon to come. And we'll get there. And, and that was, that was it. That was the line for me. Like, that was it. I was like, that's the line, Tony. I got it. That's the line of the night. Well, we see uh, into the match like the, Beating him for a at ringside. Guevara scored a near fall with a massive swanton on Sky. It was Jeff Hardy-esque. The kind of ha- uh, high... Really uh, that's the last time I saw... And I thought, maybe when Sammy wrestled Matt, that kind of, you know, he asked him, can I do the kind of Jeff bump? And he went, yeah, sure. You know, someone's got to do it now, I suppose. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he even, like, kind of maybe even got, like, got hold of Jeff and just kind of even asked Jeff, you know, like I said, it was it, that. That's really interesting because it, it felt exactly even the camera angle looking up. Uh, it was very, very impressive. Yeah. What was more impressive was sorry, I'm going to shout here quickly. The claw, the iron claw by the Baron, uh, put on by Page. Page sold it like it was seventy-four. Uh, Lambert posed yeah. posed in the ring. So Jericho snuck in behind him. He wore Lambert out with a candlestick and hit a frog splash. It's ready to to pin Lambert and win the match. What were your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think at first when like it, things were getting started, it just wasn't like really clicking for me. However, I'm, I've got to admit, I was I was chuckling to myself watching this match. I thought it was a good bit of fun, and I actually thought it was pretty light-hearted, you know, with um, preparation of what was to come. Um, and I'm pretty much, you know, for me, it was I, I was sort of like starting to feel like I was on a come down. It was like quarter past four in the morning at this. Point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the thing is, um, this was nothing though we hadn't seen in the Bucks. And you might makes you think that if they hadn't agreed to a paper match, this could have been easily skipped off, and we wouldn't really have uh, missed anything. Maybe the pacing might have been a little better. I feel this match and the Cody Pack. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the Cody pack tag match maybe did to be. I understand why it was, and obviously we heard them call a few well, spots. I would have, I would have actually put that match, the inner circle match, 
on the pre-show and I would have put the tag team female match there instead because we all know that the the, the Shida, uh, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose and Jamie, it was Jamie Hater, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jamie Hater, uh, uh, tag team. We all knew it was filler and that was why it was on the pre-show. But considering what you just rightly said about the Cody and Pac match as well, just purely being filler and probably didn't need to be on the match card, I would have actually swapped it the other way around so we had two female matches on the match card. Um, and then, you know, that could have been the filler match for them. But then, you know, this is just my own personal opinion. You want two yeah. women's matches on a pay-per-view. How how dare you? I mean, I'm come on. Dare, I'm, I'm daring AEW. <laughs> you dared it. it. I, I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, it wasn't a bad match. We heard a few uh, spots being called, but obviously as grass. They didn't do too bad. Um, out of five, what would you score it? Uh, I'll give it a three, three and a half. Yeah, I'll give it three, um, three quarters out of five. Not a bad match in a circle. 75% of the vote. Uh, and predictions, we all went for the inner circle. So we are penultimate. Uh, Gina is on five. Jack C, you and I are on six. And Monty one with eight. And I think if I look at the last prediction here, oh, I won't ruin it, but I think I know who's one. Uh, before the main event, we found out Ishii is OC on Dynamite. And um, Jay Lethal was announced as the company's newest signing. He challenged Guevara to a TNT title match on Dynamite. And the champ accepted right away. I mean, what were your thoughts on Jay Lethal showing up? I mean, <clears throat> let's, let's talk real talk real quick. So... At first, as soon as it was announced, there was a bit of excitement there. I've not seen much from him, um, but I have uh, heard of him. So I was really intrigued to see what he could bring. However, that being said, 24 hours later when I find out or hit, or just kind of be re-educated and, and be reminded as to the, uh, Jay Lethal being called out during the Me Too movement um, and how Taylor Hendricks is not even getting any work since actually calling him out. I'm a little bit disappointed now, and I don't know what route this is going to take, and I don't know whether or not the um, people reminding uh, everyone on Twitter about this, I don't know if that's going to um, cause any effect. That being said, I've got to admit, I'm now disappointed at like hearing about this. I'm not sure I'm looking forward to it as much as I probably was once it was first announced. This is, like I said, it, it's, it's interesting. Uh, when the dub and I, we did a speaking out episode just because the amount of British talent we saw uh, that had been <laughs> accused and kind of stopped wrestling. And I mean, when you talk about something like Marty Skull and people like that, uh, and it's weird because yeah. Jay Lethal was on the same tour as Marty Skull, uh, Marty Skull when I managed to meet him. And again, I'm not trying to turn a serious situation to something funny, but that was the point. I, mm-hmm. His legs were, his leg was, I had never seen a more yeah. muscular leg in all my life. And I'm not going to talk about, but I'm talking about in person. I don't know what happens behind the scenes. And if like, I met Joey, he's a really nice guy. So fuck me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's on me. That's not- <laughs> so, but as I say, I mean, with with all that coming out, I think my main where my disappointment is lying right now is mainly with, more with Taylor Hendricks because I think that uh, no one deserves to kind of be blacklisted from a, a career that they love um, for speaking out. So 
if all of this is true and there's and 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 there's not any sort of reprimanding for Joe um for any of this then it's disappointing to hear but that being said um you know that's that's just my own personal opinion so no, but... I, I just I was about to say, we, 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 like I said, in NXT UK, uh, Tra- Travis Banks and Amina McKenzie, and when, when it will happen, that lucky Banks uh, won, we've kind of moved on from that now. But like I said, it's still uh, a yeah. kind of major issue that shouldn't kind of be about, and it's even people in theory and, you know, for a lesser extent uh, and, and stuff like this. I'm not saying it should, every bad thing you've done should be brought up, but again, it, it's, it's no, one of these no. things. Uh, I think on the other but hand, if there's still sorry. other wrestlers, that that's when the, the the issue becomes actually an issue. You know, um, it, it, I'm not trying to say that like every wrestler who has been called out doesn't deserve a chance to you know rectify things. Look at Sammy Guevara; he's a perfect example of that. You know, he owned up to his own mistake. He actually sort of you know did some self reflection, and everyone can see that. Um, and and you can gain respect back for yourself but when you're purposely maybe potentially stopping someone else from actually having a career they love that's when the issue starts to come into play yeah i completely agree and uh, another thing just moving on from that talk about there yeah. might be an influx of ring of honor talent coming along and as long as it's the right talent housing coming in uh, I think that uh, thing, there's one signing for Ring of Honor. They need uh, fantastic. Uh, anyway, hopefully we can get more of that. And now it's time for the main event. So I know at this point in time, you're tired because you've stayed up watching the event. But I must have had, <laughs> what, your, your fourth or fifth wind at this point? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it was just, you know, the adrenaline rush kicked back in at hearing, you know, it's time for the main event. And then there's something soothing about um, Paige's entrance theme. I don't know what it is. Uh, and he received a very special entrance as you see him uh, riding his horse to the arena. Um, again, I, I think I had tears in my eyes. And I was like, why am I fucking getting so upset? <laughs> I'm so emotionally invested at this point. Uh, and even, and I'll tell you what think- else oh, got me as well, sorry. But the graphics team, as Paige come out, they said the graphic teams, we are proud of. Yeah, I mean, it was a really well put together, really well edited. Um, page, page looks great. And yeah, there again, we, we brought this up with the sort of um, Malachi Black entrance where like, you know, the lights go out and you just hear the silence because of the anticipation. And it kind of was the same for Hangman Page. As soon as we saw sort of the graphics come up um, and we were getting like this real sort of what I'd call inner monologue sort of being played to us it was just um it was so intense you know but exciting at the same time uh, it was it was everything that we wanted and then we get the official instructions yep. the referee call for the bell and the main event got the way and they fought to get the upper hand but neither man could get clearly for too long omega begin to build some momentum and start to take control clean this up for a springboard but change his mind moment to delay allow page to get a few shots for omega hit hurricane runner hangman drilled him with boots to the face a moment later and whenever one man got close to hitting one of his finishers the other would turn the tables this went back and forth this way for several minutes until page counted the one-winged angel Omega hit a target eight for a choice two count 
Page removed a camera through the ring post and stood on it to dive to Omega with clothesline to put him through a table at ringside. Omega saw the buckshot coming and moved back. And Hangman hit a rolling elbow and a pop-up powerbomb. Omega pulled a ref in the buckshot to avoid the impact. Page hit the dead eye and Aubrey Edwards ran all the way down to the ring. And that two count. <laughs> yes, ref Aubrey. I love this woman. I love her so much. It was an incredible two count as well. Like I said, old style ref bump. We see Aubrey coming out, even to get the chance herself, couldn't get the job done. And then we see the two men trading big strikes to Omega hit a few knees to the face. Page blocked the first V trigger, but Omega hit the second. Hamman turned him inside out with a clothesline as a crowd chart in AE dub. And I will say, don't get me wrong, I love this main event and the whole card, but the crowd was so hot during certain matches. I think that's what's a little bit disappointing in other ones because for this one, they were all in, as it were. We see the young Bucks limping towards the ring as Omega hit a brutal back suplex. Page popped back up, hit the same move, hit Omega with one-winged angel finish, but Omega kicked out. You know, Omega with two Buckshots. Well, we hit him with one Buckshot from one side and then the Buckshot, Matt Jackson nodding in approval as the second Buckshot one, two, three, and ladies, your new AEW World Champion. Finally, the Dark Order come down to champ. They surround him for a big group up and lifted him on his shoulders to close up the show. Um, where were the fireworks at the biggest moment in that? They didn't actually end anything, did they? Why? You fucking mental. You know, bang, fireworks, ticker tape. It's a crowd meant like I was, you know. it was pretty hard for me to actually try and stay quiet, considering it was five AM. Is it? <laughs> this, this is the thing. It was, it was a classic match. But was I thinking too much? Was I expecting too much going into it? What were your thoughts? Did you think it actually paid off all, all the, the long journey? I, I truly believe it did. Um, I thought this was an incredible match. I think this was just a, just a piece of everything we, we've all been wanting for the past two years that this has been building up to. Um, uh, can we just actually discuss the fact that Hangman Page delivered the one-winged angel to Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega kicked out of it? Only the one-winged angel can actually kick out of the one-winged angel. Like it, That was just an incredible spot for me. You do not know how difficult it was for me to really not wake up the two-year-old that lives next door to me. Uh, it was an incredible spot um and and one that i did not see coming i did not think that hangman was going to try and you know just use his own move against him so i really really enjoyed that position um i really did enjoy the double buckshot lariat to sort of like end things um i i don't know whether or not i i think do you know what my issue is didn't one of the jack didn't one of the young bucks take a concerto yeah 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 like what was he doing up because usually, like, I mean, the way that, like, these things get sold is, like, you're usually out for a whole week. And sometimes, like, you know, if you're building, like, a decent storyline, then you're out, like, you know, two weeks. And, like, you've got your crew just, like, sort of, like, be- beating up on, being beaten up in the background, you know, and waiting for you to take the big return. So I must admit, I, I was pretty shocked to see that they were both out here. Because I was like, how are you guys, spo- how are you supposed to be uh, up, you know? What I would have I liked, what I would have liked the young, more with the bucks. Yeah, like I said, I know they were out of it and stuff like this, but 
to be by the ring. I think it may be better to start walking down the end whilst maybe, you know, Paige is, is on the ape and looks back as he thinks they're going to attack and they go, no, you're all right. And then hits the first yeah. one that goes back, hits the second one. So we haven't got the bucks in shot and then gets a pin like that. And again, yeah. um, that might have come better. You know, um, I, I don't know like why they were down, like watching the match, like, uh, for, for so long before then, they mm. Matt walked all the way back around the ring just to give the nod. So it just kind of felt a little bit random. But like I said, I felt like I could watch an hour documentary about Omega and Paige's journey, even since day one. Because WWE do it all the time for stuff less important. And you're talking about Paige's journey. This is a story that was three years in the making. And we could have had, like I said, a 90-minute documentary about, oh, this is when they teamed up. This is when he turns on him. This is when he lost his opportunity. And we would have watched it and ended it up. Exactly. It would have been It would have been just crazy. Like, I mean, they probably could at some point, you know, like uh, turn this into some form of like wrestling documentary that will eventually end up on their their own channel one day, you know. And it, they would make money from, the, from that. So, so give us... We want this. Everybody in the crowd was behind Paige. Everybody at home was behind Paige. Even if you're Omega's biggest fan, you want the story to pay off. And for me, I had two stories this year. I had uh, Ilya Dragunov and Volta, and I had Paige versus Omega. And like I said, both matches were fantastic. But I I don't know. I I just felt with the Ilya and Volta match, it kind of gave me more than maybe this did. And... Maybe I'm expecting more from AEW. You know, like, I don't know where they're going to maybe go from here and hopefully Paige can have a nice long reign. But it was just kind of like, they need to put the cherry on top of everything, you know, with AEW. I mean, like, I feel like this is kind of that, like the cherry on top of everything. But I feel like um, there's there's more that they could play play on with, with certain storylines that have come out of this pay-per-view. I think overall, it was everything I sort of expected uh, to come out of a main event. Um, but the, the, there were some questionable like spots that I was like, you know, was, was it necessary to put this in or not? But, you know, that being said, I'm not taking anything away from this match. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. This match was the one uh, match of the year candidate, there's no doubt. But it's like the yeah. special is when... Not even when Austin won the title for the first time, but when Eddie beat Brock, and of course, speaking about Eddie Guerrero, especially the day it was on, like that moment and the connection with the crowd, yeah. uh, it's just like, you know, and this is a thing where AEW have kind of, the main event seems looks pretty sorted at this time. Uh, and I did love it, but then again, I don't know if I'm just like, I'm always going to be unhappy. <laughs> Do you know, like, I'm always expecting. It's like you said, you get everything you want in. It's like, but did I want something else? Not like a Bray Wyatt showing up, but, you know, even as the show itself, the pay-per-view, I thought was great, but it was still, you like you said, it kind of lulled a little bit in the middle as well, didn't it? But the match itself, what are you going to score the match out of five? Um, Yeah, I'm just going to give it a five. Yeah, me too. Five out of five. Like I said, it is a match of the year candidate. Both men... you know, really, really good stuff. It um, really was. Like, you know, especially after finding out, like, after the pay-per-view, pay-per-view and everything, that, like, Kenny's been suffering with, like, bad shoulders and a little bit of vertigo whilst in the ring. 
it's incredible that he had a match like that um, and, you know, had been going through so much. So I hope he gets the opportunity to just take some time off for himself and, and make sure that he really does uh, take some TLC. Well, so they, 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 if the Bucks and Cole turn on Omega, they've got a ready made, made main event storyline when Omega does come back, or you can even tease it a little bit longer. Definitely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It is real, real good stuff. It's just, like you said before, <laughs> it's excellent, you know, but you have to look at it in a kind of, pick, not picking holes, but it is that certain thing. You have to critique it, and this is one of the best papers that we had. Oh, yeah, so, you know, like, we are we are this negative about, um, and, and we are just as judgmental at WWE uh, pay-per-view events. So, you know, we're still going to give the good, and and the bad it might not necessarily be bad bad but like you know we have to review it so it's not all going to be positive yeah the the one day where you know we get on a podcast and i go oh do you know what we've completed podcasting they've completed wrestling that was the greatest shit there was nothing to talk about because it was so good then that would be the time but like i said there's always little things you maybe improve on uh, but the show as a whole was great. Uh, Prediction-wise, we all went Omega. Uh, so, final scores. Gina got six. Jaxie, you got seven. Ah, uh, yay. Also scored seven. But your big winner with nine out of ten is Monty. And he doesn't even do the AEW stuff. Um, I know. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, but it we're going to kill it at TakeOver. We'll beat him at Wargame. Okay. Sounds good. Well, like this is this is an outright war between us now, isn't it? We have started saying now, and I tell you, say if we uh, bring back an old favourite next year with a prediction league, it will get very feisty as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, talk about uh, the the card as a whole. Um, what? Who was your? M- well, my MVP or not, I'll do my MVP, give you a little time to, to think. And I think it's pretty obvious because I think you, you said it earlier to me and popped in my head. And that's got to be uh, Tay Conti because it was, like I said, the biggest of her career. And she really shone in it. And yes, you know, pacing in the match and, and, and other problems with the card. But I think with her performance gave everything. I could argue MJF as well because of how good that opening match was. But I'll stick with Tay. Yeah, um... I mean, I'm I'm really pleasantly surprised that you said Tay. Um, she was actually going to be my pick, but I actually then thought about MJF, and I was I'm I'm going to pick MJF for my MVP because I was thoroughly impressed by how much he's he's improved in the ring. This was the best MJF. Yes, I hate to finish, but this is the best MJF has been in an AEW ring. And if he keeps performing like that, we I will start believing the shit. That he talks about as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Might just start listening to him. Who knows? Keep Who at knows? it. And, yeah. uh, the match of the night for both of us was the main event. But can I just say, the Allen MJF, the Lucha Bros, FTR, Miro versus Brian, even the Super Click, looking back on it, were all bangers of a match. A Punk and Eddie as well. Yeah. Fucking forgot about that. It, it it was a strong contender to be honest to to be like sort of number one match for me Punk and Eddie but uh yeah then the main event just smashed it uh right rating out of ten uh for me I don't think it was as good as All Out 
I, I do think that's probably... But then again, I don't know how many shows are going to be. The main event was better, but I, I just feel coming out of this one, it wasn't that feeling I had. But again, when I say this, it's one of the best shows of the year. It's not like, oh, this is it's still a nine for me. This was a great pay-per-view. Like I said, four, four and a half hours. And for mm. me, there's a couple of times that you like to say it was a bit slow. But it was kind of boom, 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 boom. Oh, shit, it's the main event already. There you go. You know? Definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I, I have to agree. I still think that All Out has prob- is, prob- is probably the best pay-per-view this year. Um, that being said, it had iconic moments like Punk turn and everything like that involved in it. So um, there, there was just a, a lot more uh, investment that was happening there. That being said, this was a really good pay-per-view, uh, perhaps one of the best. Um, I'm, I'll give it a nine. Yeah, like I said, really, really good stuff. And I, I don't know if it makes it more enjoyable doing a show beforehand for three and a half hours and then even watching it and thinking, oh, this is what we can talk about. Because this episode for me is kind of flown by. You know, like I said, only 90 minutes, whatever it is, but just the fun of recapping something that I actually enjoyed watching. You know, it's like, <laughs> for so long. <laughs> I think you've made me want to just chuck it back on again now. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, I've got time. But, um, like I said, yeah. overall, like, um, just to, to talk quickly, I did mention this earlier, we saw so many moves on the apron as well. We talk about the tombstone, the suplexes and stuff like this. So many moves in the apron. I don't know if that they're using trying to make more brutal. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, again, just got to give um, Dante Martin a little bit of a shout out there for, for the high um, moonsault that he had, he had done. He's give, he's definitely given Montez Ford a run for his money with sort of like the height that he can get on the on those ropes, right? Well, the thing is, it's, it's quite funny. I can see Martin jumping up in the air one day in the arena looking over and seeing Ford jumping over another arena going, oh, my ring! All right, mate! <laughs> Bouncing up. <laughs> you never know that that could happen. Well, that's it. It is crazy. But um, we talk about the promo as well. But injury update quickly. Uh, we talk about Black suffering an injury. We don't know how bad that is yet. Kingston suffered injury as well. Always be found out, just had injuries. And he said, I'm not going to miss any shows. And of course, you talked about Kenny Omega. Another thing I want to touch on quickly is, of course, Lance Archer. Because he's not a concussion that he had, as people said. But it was twisting of his neck. Uh, but he's very, very lucky he didn't break his neck there. But hopefully a full recovery as well. That's some good news, isn't it, for the Murder Hawk monster? Definitely. I mean, I, I was I was going to say that I, I think he's been very much missed. Uh, he definitely was missed off of this pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, our thoughts are definitely with him. Hoping he can recover well and fast. Um, we all look to having look forward to having him back um, on AEW. So we'll be waiting. Without doubt. And finally, a press release for some time after BTE goes up, I guess is Hangman Adam Page sharing his thoughts after being crowned All Elite Wrestling World Champion. Um, of course, <laughs> we see after beating him by sharing seen orders of baby back ribs from Chili's with the Dark Order. 
answering 74 congratulatory text messages and two asked them to get booked on dark and obnoxiously snoring his way through two early morning Delta airline flights home. Hangman Adam Page decided to share his thoughts about intentions as AEW world champion. He's declaring Wednesday, November 17th for the first National Cowboy Shit Day with celebration live from his hometown of Virginia this week on Dynamite. He will continue to increase his strength Regular training, adding an additional dynamite static stress into his routine as he prepares for Brian Danielson. And as champion Hangman on page will welcome all other challenges as AEWC fit. But please, God, don't make him fight Wardlow as his big muscle tits again. Uh, and after, oh. seeing, after seeing the official <laughs> and the most brilliant display, I don't give a shit about copyright. The good, the bad, the elite series on YouTube, Hangman Adam Page will use his new leverage as champion to get a guy a job. Very least a nice letter and uh, fruit basket with bonus payments that come with winning the title. Page will trade in gas guzzling track for an electric parent woman emissions. Um, and when they see our balance, it looks with steer horns mounted on the front. And he would like to send a genuine heartfelt thank you to many of the fans that never gave up on him, even when he gave them every reason to. They helped him accomplish more than he had ever imagined. Um, <laughs> he also said, if you want to hear his thoughts, he ain't doing any of those podcasts as long as he lives. You think of Donald Duke, a YouTube show, whatever, get a clue. He's a champion. He's got so much to do. He's already so... That may be my favourite tweet. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, to be honest, he, he's always, like, going to do his own thing. And I couldn't imagine him to, like, to do half of the shit that he was saying. So it kind of fits his personality. It fits his character. And we live in a world where Adam Page is the AEW. <laughs> it happened. It happened after three years. It did. And we were here to see it happen. Uh, but that is it for today. What a show that was. But don't forget, because all social media, Twitter at the WNR podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Where can they find you, Jaxie? Yeah, I'm across Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scott. WNR on Facebook and Instagram across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com and YouTube at WNR Podcast with all the latest clips. Podcast got the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode is the winner of the predictions, Monty, and I'm for Slim for NXT Update. Our next time with Jaxie will be next week. Again, it comes around so soon because it's Survivor Series. Are you excited for Survivor Series? Um, I don't want to answer that, honestly. <laughs> I, I think that gave my the answer away, really. Well, let's see. Uh, let's let's see how how next, uh, this week goes. On that note, everybody, we'll <laughs> find out if Jax is more excited next week on the Double Up Podcast as she was for AEW <laughs> Full Gear. But until then, I have been Jane Vones. Like I said, fantastic Jaxy. Thanks again for joining me on the show. Thank you. I had so much fun. Look forward to doing it again next week. Perfect. And thanks for listening, everybody. And bye.